We talk a lot about classic pizza pies on the show, but where can you find a plant-based pizza with an amazing crust? Blackbird Foods is a New York City-based producer of plant-based frozen pizzas using only handmade dough that rises overnight, just like from the best pizza shops. Flat disks of mass-produced dough on conveyors not allowed. Blackbird uses the highest quality ingredients that are 100% non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, and kosher. They've got four varieties, Classic Margarita, Supreme, that's peppers, onions, and Blackbird's plant-based sausage, kale and mushroom, and barbecued chicken. Now, I had the kale and mushroom and the Supreme. They actually sent me one of each. I actually, I loved the crust and the chew. I baked it on my stone, uh, preheated, of course. Uh, Even the cheese... And it's not fior de latte, but if you've got vegans in the family or guests over, this is seriously a legit pizza that even the non-vegans are going to like. The best part of all, they now ship direct from their website, blackbirdfoods.com. Use the code PIZZACITY for 10% off plus free shipping. That's blackbirdfoods.com, code PIZZACITY for 10% off and free shipping. Blackbird Foods Pizza, making vegan pies delicious. It might be a three Michelin star restaurant that we're, you know, partners with, but we we didn't open a bakery that had, like, the perfect piece of equipment ever, because there is no perfect piece of equipment. And if you only know how to bake because you have the perfect equipment, then I don't think you're that much of a baker. No, if, you know, I mean, the team, myself, we need to learn how to understand the dough and understand how to use the equipment we have and how to use the techniques we're comfortable with to execute the, the vision we originally had. San Francisco has plenty of artisan pizzas made from organic flowers or baked in wood-fired ovens. But an hour to the south in Silicon Valley, a local bakery aligned with a three-star Michelin restaurant is milling everything in-house, even featuring a pizza night once a week. The story of Manresa bread and the woman behind it all, straight ahead. I need a deep dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here. This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. And welcome to another edition of Pizza City, everybody. Great to have you along with us this week. Uh, We are talking about pizza, of course, but this is really, the story this week is coming from a bakery, well-known bakery about an hour south of San Francisco. Um, If you are in the dining world, you may have heard of Manresa. It is a three Michelin star restaurant, very few of those in the world. David Kinch, executive chef there. There's a new documentary out about him called A Chef's Voyage, where he takes his staff to France, and Manresa has got, uh, uh, they've got a bread program, as many great restaurants do. Uh, Manresa Bread is a a partnership uh, he started with uh, one of his employees there, Avery Ruzica, and she's got uh, locations in Los Altos and Los Gatos, and one in Campbell, which is where this week's show kind of begins, about 40 minutes south of the San Francisco airport. Now, they're only open for pickup right now. All three locations actually just uh, came online this weekend. Um, so we recorded this show just before everything kind of went to hell in early March. 
Um, but up until the pandemic, Campbell, the Campbell location had a Wednesday-only pizza night, which has been suspended for now, although they are hoping to restart in a couple of weeks. They're still shipping nationally uh, their bread and their, their Queen Amans, um, and they're taking a break from the Palo Alto Farmer's Market right now. But I just talked to their, their PR folks uh, recently, and they said they are going to try to restart this pizza pizza night soon. So it's not over for good, but for right now it is. A lot of things out of our control, but we did want to make sure we got this show on the air because um, it's a great story. And uh, boy, you talk about details. I know a lot of our listeners out there are in the business. We love when we kind of, you know, we, we geek out on, on dough and all the technical stuff. Um, when you hear what is involved in making, you know, from the milling to the resting and the formation and the resting and the <laughs> because they don't have a fancy oven. They've got a convection oven um, and uh, they're, they're baking this pizza in pans. It's, a, it's definitely a Sicilian style, but you really appreciate the, the skill and the technique that goes into the bread that Avery is baking out there, especially for her pizza. So we caught up with Avery Ruzica recently. Um, she's the head baker and the partner at Manresa Bread. And as I do with all of our guests, asked her about her first pizza memory. Even though your folks were kind of Midwestern and had a Chicago connection, you really grew up in North Carolina, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think my biggest pizza memories were, we did have an old school kind of slice place called Elizabeth's Pizza. My middle name is Elizabeth, so that was always like this sort of, there were two locations, and I grew up kind of in an area of Greensboro, which is like a small city in in North Carolina that has a pretty varied um, socioeconomic kind of like balance and so where my family lived was a little bit like not in the super upscale area and so this was like our slice joint if you will that was a little bit on the other side of town like more downtown that hadn't been gentrified yet and so we would go there you know as a family and and it was all of those things that like typified at 1980s slice place like it was a big new york-esque style slice thin crust pretty greasy, you know, um, plastic booths, wood paneled walls. And it was just a really, you know, put the pepperoni, like you had the like shaker, all of those normal classic things. But that was, it was a really fun place to go. And it was definitely pepperoni pizza was always my favorite. And I still is one of my favorites. So even though you're a pro now and you've been in the industry for a while, when you think about like the pizza that you just love, the pizza that you judge all pizzas by, sort of the pizza cognition theory, is that kind of your baseline then from your childhood, that that big wedge? I mean, I think that the, the, the emotional notes that it hits would definitely be the same. Like it, it's hot, it's like exciting, you're kind of like salivating, waiting for it. You know, it's the kind of pizza that it's already been baked, they're warming it up when you get there. When you went to culinary school, the French Culinary Institute, which is now, is it ICE? It's International Culinary Center. Um, so it's in New York City. It's in New York City. It's okay. in Soho. So yeah. while you were working there, I'm imagining you've had, you had a lot of opportunity to try great pizzas in New York City. You know, I yes and no, but I spent, I, I ate some pizzas, you know, like I would go out to Roberta's a little bit, but I really was in New York to work. I went to culinary school in the morning and I had an internship at night every day. And then once I finished culinary school, I did the same thing again. I went to a bread baking program that they offered and had another internship at night. And then when I finished that, I started another internship. So like I wasn't spending, I was occasionally going out to eat, especially at like fine dining restaurants, because that was where I had focused my career that was where I was looking to go so I didn't explore the pizza world as much when I lived there 
I've met David Kinch almost like the first week or two of um, my culinary school experience. There was a French, um, like a French food festival that was utilizing the school as their base area and David was taking part in it and I spoke French. I'd lived in France for about two years before coming back to the States to finish college. He was very nice and very like supportive and very kind of like Avery, if you're ever in California, look us up. We loved your attitude. And really what ultimately drew me to come to California was the energy, this like California energy that he carries himself with, especially in the kitchen where it's very serious, very curious, but also having a wonderful time. So the food and every decision is very intentional, but the energy and the attitude that we're inhabiting the kitchen with is a sense of fun and play and whimsy. Like we're so lucky that this is our job. When did you move out here? I moved here in 2011. Okay, so like a year later, you start this Manresa bread program mm -hmm. project. Mm -hmm. Well, so basically almost immediately, I actually was hired as a food runner. There weren't any positions in the kitchen at Manresa, but I really wanted, I couldn't afford to move to California to work for free. I needed a job and I wanted to get my foot in the door. And so I took the job as a food runner for six months. And that meant that in the evenings I was food running, but in the mornings I was free to do what I, what I wanted. And I was used to working, you know, 18 plus hour days in kitchens in New York. And so I said, well, hey, I think I could help you with the bread program that they were baking bread at Manresa at that point, but it was, not really the responsibility of any one person. It was something that pastry, like everybody sort of helped with it. And I had enough of a baking background from New York that I thought I could, I can help make this just a little bit better. Like what if we do this a little differently or this a little differently? So I, I asked if I could come in, start coming in in the mornings and start to help with the bread. And that slowly turned into me asking if I could introduce a new bread, which turned into me taking over all the bread production. And then that was when, after about a year, um, I at that point was in the kitchen working on the Muse station and making the breads in the morning. And we actually had a guest who um, ran a farmer's market in Campbell. And they said, hey, we have a position or a space or like a first stall opening in our farmer's market. Would you guys, would you want to sell your bread, Avery? And, you know, to myself and to David and David and I talked about it. And I was like, of course, I'd love to make, I'd love to bake more bread. Two bakeries now, plus a sort of bakery cafe. You serve uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner all day, or um, breakfast, lunch? We have breakfast and lunch primarily. We do special dinner events um, at least once a month, and then we have a small dinner menu, but I would say primarily we really focus on our daytime um, kind of all day cafe model. Yeah. So that's where I was today, and we had lunch there. and. On Wednesdays, fortunately, I'm here on a Wednesday, you have pizza night. So this is a relatively new thing you started in late 2019. Yeah. Why did you want to do this? Um, I wanted to do it because, because I want to learn more about pizza. I'm, and I'm curious about the ways that, like, the ways that the, the things that we've been kind of focused on in at Man Race of Bread, which is sourdough fermentation and fresh milled flour and a lot of whole grain flour, um, how can those translate to pizza um, or to this idea of this, again, like that emotional connection of like this cheesy, warm, you know, textural contrast piece of food, which is so like, you know, within that label of pizza, you can be so many different things. So I wanted to find a way for us to kind of express what we're excited about and what we've been learning about here in a way that translated to pizza. We focus on three things, a quality of ingredient, a quality of technique, and a focus on learning. And those are kind of the reasons I want to come to work every day. And that's how I try to structure everything within our bakery. If, if it doesn't meet at least two of that criteria, then what, why, why is it something we're doing? Whole grain baking, how do you achieve a crumb that is is moist and is chewy and has a nice 
like texture on the actual bottom of the crust, but that has a well-set, well-gelatinized interior structure. Because you don't have a wood-fired oven, because you don't have a stone deck oven, because you don't have, you know, a blodget or a marsal yeah. or, you know, you've got a convection oven yeah. and you've got a limit, limitation in terms of space. So does that dictate I'm going to do a Sicilian in a pan? Um, I, I don't think it may be to a certain degree it dictates that, but I think for any of us, like, it's... I don't know. I like the idea of creating within constraints. I think that that pushes us to ask more questions, to be more engaged. If if I was just creating a restaurant that had a pizza or creating a pizza program in a blank space, then yes, you get to pick all of your perfect equipment. But but I don't think that that's never been the baking that I've had that I've done. That's never been my baking history. I think it's the quality of the baker and I think it's the excitement and the passion of the baker that makes you comfortable, capable, or excited to even figure out how to utilize what equipment you have available. We didn't open a bakery that had like the perfect piece of equipment ever because there is no perfect piece of equipment. And if you only know how to bake because you have the perfect equipment, then I don't think you're that much of a baker. No, you know, I mean, you're a lucky person and maybe your life's a lot easier than mine, but you're not, you know, like, like it's the team myself, we need to learn how to understand the dough and understand how to use the equipment we have and how to use the techniques we're comfortable with to execute the, the vision we originally had. What is the difference between olive oil on the bottom of the pan versus no oil versus um, parchment paper? You know, like adjusting and adjusting what parts of the oven can we bake in? But yes, I mean, that is what led us to this version of it. But it's and, and it's a version that I'm, you know, excited about and we're continuing to kind of tweak and play with, but we're having a lot of fun with. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to keep talking with Avery Rizica from Manresa Bread here in Los Gatos, California. We're going to talk more specifically about this pizza. She's going to give us some insight into her recipe. And we're also going to preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks. So stay with us. Pizza City is brought to you in part by United Healthcare. How crazy is it to think you can actually have your insurance company pay you to walk? United Healthcare isn't crazy. They just want you to be healthy. One of their programs is called United Healthcare Motion, where members can earn more than a thousand bucks a year toward their health reimbursement account just for walking. If your company works with United Healthcare, ask your friendly HR person about their programs, and if not, Go tell them to switch today. Go to uhc.com slash Illinois Motion to get more information. United Healthcare, a proud supporter of the Illinois Restaurant Association and committed to your good health. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We're talking with Avery Ruzica, the sort of head chef, baker, executive chef, uh, Manresa Bread. Is that your title? Yeah, a partner. Uh, yeah, as well. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, you've been here long enough. You should be a partner. Yeah. Uh, so we talked in the last segment about how you got to this pizza, which is essentially a Sicilian in a pan. By the way, Anthony Falco told me uh, last year that he's like, there's, you always go on about all these different styles of pizza. There's Detroit and there's mm -hmm. Sicilian and there's Chicago. He said there's two styles of pizza. There's a Neapolitan that you launch directly onto the hearth of the, the oven. Um, typically it's round. And then there's a Sicilian that you'd bake in a pan. And of course in Sicilian, I mean, I don't know, I disagree because in pans, we have in Chicago, we have round pans, we call them deep mm -hmm. dish pizza, but you're doing kind of a rectangular pan, blue steel pan, and would you call it a Sicilian? I, I would call it a Sicilian. Um, I, I think within reason, I'll be honest, I have not traveled in Italy. So, you know, my like deep understanding of sort of classic Italian styles has, is is based completely on reading and and traveling around the United States to eat pizza. But it's, you know, we're, I think we're kind of 
creating, I hope, our own sort of California slice. So you start with this hard red wheat and you mill everything. Well, we're, now we're in the commissary. We've left uh, the cafe. We're in the commissary here, not that far away, but you actually have a mill here. So tell me about this process, how you begin this, this dough. Yeah, so we do. We mill our own grain um, and that's something we've been committed to for a long time. And we mill and we don't sift our grain. So we're using whole grain flour. My understanding is when people make Neapolitan, they're using double zero, which yeah. is the really finely milled. Yes. There's also a zero one, there's, yes. right? If you're using a white flour, like like a double zero, that's not only just the endosperm, so all the grain and the germ, which to me has a lot of flavor and definitely has a lot of nutritional value, but those things have been sifted out, but those things both don't have any gluten forming properties. So you end up with a flour that is based all, 100% of that flour is what's gonna help you make gluten if you have a double zero flour on top of that with a double zero you've milled it incredibly fine you know it's like talcum powder fine i need something that is gonna have more kind of like overall structure it's not gonna just be flash baked which is what is happening with a double zero flour typically for a neapolitan style pizza we have a, a longer bake time you know our bake time is about 25 minutes um and we do a varying temperature so we start at a higher temperature as we go into the oven we start with a higher fan then we lower the fan so we're like using convection to assist us as well in both our oven spring for our dough and then also making sure that we have baked out the percentage of moisture necessary for a fully set crumb all of our bread's naturally leavened and then we are mixing that a uh, very short time um in our bread mixer about five minutes or less on speed one about five minutes maybe a little less on speed two the, the team member who's mixing them is going to check the gluten development then that bulk ferments at room temperature depending on the internal temperature of the dough or the dough temperature out of the mixer it's going to bulk ferment for about an hour to an hour and a half and then it's going to be put into the walk-in um, to retard in the like a 40 degree walk-in for 12 to 18 hours. That dough is brought to our Campbell All Day Cafe where we divide it and we proof it for about two hours at room temperature. Again, we don't have a proofer at that location. So we are doing that um, at room temperature, ambient temperature. We do turn on our ovens and put the dough near the oven to create a little bit more of a warm spot. Um, and then we let it rest for about 45 minutes on its on the tray with a little olive oil underneath it. We stretch the dough a second time to really try to help it relax and then um, let it proof a little longer and then we bake it for about tw 25 minutes. see in the store you're holding pizzas there and then when an order comes in you're just going to reheat the slice yeah we warm the slice exactly so yeah. typically four flavors i saw today four pepperoni five typically oh, yeah. have pepperoni pickled jalapeno mike's hot honey yep we have so we usually have a pepperoni with some sort of spice element and we had that um we have a cheese pizza that goes it's just a variety like a mixture of cheeses we typically do mozzarella and fontina and then that gets a little tomato sauce on after baking um we and is that a nod to detroit it, we liked the way that finishing the pizza with tomato kind of came through the fla all the flavors came through a lot more than we preferred it with just the layers of cheese it was there was another element there that we enjoyed i think the contrast of that tomato sauce on top and then the cheesiness underneath was nice um you ever had a square from ellen beast from money gardens and I you haven't. Get, oh, okay. cheese and then sauce on top yeah Nice. Okay. I'll have to try that. Yeah. There's a lot of pizza yeah. still to be eaten in my life. Yeah. <laughs> For all of us, I know, not just I know. you. It makes life worth living. Yeah. Um, and then we've got, we usually have at least one, um, we, we always have at least one vegetable pizza, typically two. Um, and one will typically be a white sauce. So we'll do kind of a mixture of heavy cream um, and then various, sometimes it's just 
garlic. Sometimes it's heavy cream with black pepper. And that just depends on what toppings we've decided, what vegetables we're utilizing that week. Um, I'm a big fan. So my favorite kind of like wood fired oven pizza is a white pizza with wilted escarole. And then um, right as you're loading it into the oven, you pour a little cream on top and then a, there's a little cheese. So it's just this creamy, green pizza that's finished with breadcrumbs once it comes out of the oven like that's my very favorite pizza and so kind of coming like we've been like experimenting with getting those similar flavors of like creamy greens just you know no sauce just cream um yeah and you, and you have year-round access because you get the farmer's market here so you're just whatever seasonal it, yeah exactly and we have such an amazing growing season it's quite thick it's yeah. got a lot of crumb in the middle it's chewy it's quite toothsome yeah. and because of that olive oil at the bottom you got a little crispy undercarriage yeah. That's, are you kind of settled now that this is your pizza? Like you're happy with where you're, what you're doing? Yeah, I think so. I think we'd like to keep playing with the grain varieties. I think it'll be fun when the next kind of crop of wheat that comes in, which will be in like the late summer, um, early fall, to, to potentially adjust some things as well. I mean, I think that that's, you know, I, but I think this is, we. I'm very happy with where we've landed with it right now. Okay, last question we ask everybody on the show. Knowing what you know now about pizza production and pizza making, what would you tell yourself I don't know, eight months ago, 10 months ago, before you got into this pizza game, how to be more successful with what you're doing? Um, I think that, I think starting, like looking at it completely with a fresh eye, like uh, as in, yes, I, I do own a bakery and have been baking bread for, you know, roughly 10 years now, but that um, jumping into the, like, especially the, the R&D process, um, starting with like lower hydrations and um, kind of like using that initial, recipe of this is a low, low 70 70 percent hydration pre, pretty white flour and just sort of look at that and then because i think i jumped into higher hydration first and i think and then i ended up backing way back and that was only in backing backing down the hydration did we end up back where we are now we you know so kind of maybe not jumping in quite so feet first like just like a little bit more slow it's called manresa bread there's only there's three locations but only one the cafe in campbell has the pizza on wednesdays for now but yeah. of course it'd be more pressure to have you doing more than just one day a week i'm sure at some point um and technically we're about 40 minutes south of san francisco airport but we're really close to san jose yeah. so if people are going to come into this ten, area los gatos we're a 10 minute drive from the san jose airport yeah which okay. is Airport. Fantastic. Avery Ruzika, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much. It's a great time. And just a reminder, the bakery is shipping nationally. It's a limited quantity, but they do have some of their favorites, like the large format Queen Amon, lots of bread types as well. Just a reminder, no pizza night as of right now, but they are hoping to bring it back soon. So just check out their website, manresabread.com, or on Instagram, manresabread, and they will have updates there. I really hope they bring the pizza pizza night back soon. If you live, I would say, if you live within an hour of, of Silicon Valley, go drive over there and just get some bread and get the pizza when they bring that thing back. Um, okay, coming up in two weeks, a pair of alternative pizzas. When we first started, even, you know, we we're always, oh, is that pizza? You know, we had to resist the temptation uh, that it's easier to just call it pizza because we really think it's not. You know, it's, it's a unique product, and we're uh, working to make it uh, known as itself here. From Lebanese Zatar Manish in Washington, D.C., to Turkish Lakmajun in Chicago, a pair of savory treats that look like pizza but aren't technically, right? Does it even matter? Alternative Pizzas, airing in two weeks on June 19th. 
Remember to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, and please rate us. I'd love to know what you like or or hate about the show. Uh, we're at Pizza City USA on Instagram, and our website is pizzacityusa.com. We're hoping to get the tours back up and running in July. That's what we're talking about right now, 4th of July, 4th weekend, we think. Uh, we are holding virtual pizza parties on Zoom, though, every other week. Uh, we do this every other Thursday. So we just did one last night, June 4th, with Rich Labriola of Labriola and Labara here in Chicago and their fantastic deep dish. The next one is slated for June 18th, and that's going to be with Derek Tung, the owner of Polly G's Logan Square in Chicago, as we talk and taste his Detroit-style pizza. Now, Polly G's, the original in Greenpoint, known for their wood-fired, but uh, Derek out here in Chicago also does a fantastic Detroit-style that he's been working on for the last year or so. If you live in Chicago, you can pre-order one so you can enjoy it at home while we talk and take your questions. Sign up for our mailing list, by the way, over at my website, stevedolinsky.com, so you hear about any of these events coming up in the future. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song. And just a reminder, stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Keep social distancing. Wear those masks. And please, please keep ordering pizzas and keep your favorites afloat during the pandemic. Thanks for listening, everybody. And here's wishing you an optimal bite ratio always.